June 24th will go down in history as the day the Supreme Court decided to take away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends, welcome back to Nerd Explosion, the weekly podcast where based on a monthly topic, I nerd out about whatever I want. As always, I'm your host, Cameron. Now, I was tossing around a lot of ideas for, you know, what to cover for July, and I was like, I don't know what the monthly topic should be. I don't know what the topic for July should be, but ultimately... I landed on one that I think is going to be a really good topic. I think a lot of people can get on board with. The topic I chose for the month of July is childhood games. And by that, I mean, I'm just going to, you know, each episode, I'm going to talk about different childhood games, you know, stuff I played as a kid, just anything from computer to PlayStation, just anything. Starting with today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the Living Books games. Now, if you remember the Living Books games as a kid, you know, gold star for you. Just That was my shit growing up. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to talk about the Living Books games, you know, give us some backstory on them and uh, go over some of the ones that, you know, I had as a kid that I played. And the reason I want to talk about childhood games is just, you know, there's enough bullshit going on in the world. I just, you know, time to, time to take a break from, you know, the ridiculousness that is our country right now and just, you know, have some nostalgia. Just talk about some childhood games. But before I get all, into all of that, new episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday. So make sure you're liking, following, you know, do whatever you can. You know, it, every, anything really helps out this podcast. But with that being said, let's talk about living books. The Living Books games. Now, if you don't remember The Living Books, or you don't quite remember it, maybe this little jingle will jog your memory. That just takes me right back to my childhood. Now, Living Books. What is Living Books? Living Books is a series of interactive read-along adventures aimed at children 3 to 9, created by Mark Schlichting. The series was mostly developed by Living Books for CD-ROM and published by Broaderband for Mac OS and Microsoft Windows. Two decades after the original release, the series was re-released by a wonderful interactive storybook for iOS and Android. So yeah, they came out in like early early to late 90s. It started... Uh, Broaderband was the developer behind it between 1992 and 1994, and also 97 to 98, and then Living Books as its, you know, its own company from 94 to 97, and then Wonderful Interactive from 2012 to 2014. So, literally, they had these going in the 90s, and then Wonderful Entertainment kind of re-released them, kind of took over just for like a a newer generation, kind of. I think Wonderful, they're also behind a lot of the 
edutainment games like Putt-Putt and Pajama Sam, but I'll talk about those in another episode, don't worry. But Living Books, they weren't educational games for kids. They were literally just interactive storybooks. So they had different stories, some of them like, you know, well-known stuff like Arthur or Dr. Seuss books. But there were some that were like created by the the original creator, Mark Slifting. Uh, let me get to let me get to the games here quick. Let me just go through some of them if I can navigate this web page. So this is in order of release date. Uh, one of the first living books was Just Grandma and Me. Now, if you remember the little monster books, if you ever had any of those. That was one of those, just Grandma and Me, and that's one I had too. I actually really liked it. It was literally the story of a little monster, he and his grandma going to the beach, and you know shenanigans happen, and then you know they have a fun day at the beach. Next one is Arthur's Teacher Trouble, obviously based off of the Arthur cartoon. And if you don't know Arthur, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, everybody knows the theme song. Everybody should know the theme song for Arthur. I said, hey. What a wonderful time today. We can learn to laugh and play and get along with each other. You can tell I never watched Arthur like religiously. <laughs> but yeah, they did a bunch of them based off of the Arthur books. Uh, yeah, Arthur's Teacher Trouble, uh, Living Books, Aesop's Fable, The Tortoise and the Hare. So this was like, this was based off of the story of The Tortoise and the Hare, but it was somebody else's like interpretation. Uh, next one. The New Kid on the Block. I don't remember that one. I don't think I ever had that one, but I did play... Because a lot of these games had, like, demos, kind of. Like, you play the first two pages of a different story, and New Kid on the Block was one of those. Uh, Living Boards, Little Monster at School. That just grandma me. No, what was that one? Oh, Little Critters was just grandma me. And then Little Monster was something different. Little Monster at school I had. I actually, I did major nostalgia for that one. Uh, Ruff's Bone. Arthur's Birthday. Harry in the Haunted House. My phone going off because I forgot to silence it. Uh, let's see. Bernstein Bears getting a fight. And then August 11th. I should mention, well, not that the dates really matter, but this is all starting in 92 and right now we're up to 95 uh dr seuss's abc living books sheila ray the brave oh my gosh sheila ray the brave i'm gonna go back and talk about some of these in a second but i'm just gonna keep listening through berenstain bears in the dark green eggs and ham stella luna arthur's reading race the cat in the hat arthur's computer adventure and dw the pity eater and then there goes into a thing of uh, Little Art interactive titles, but I have no idea what those... Oh, Little Art. Just reading through these, it looks like they're like religious stuff, like Daniel in the Lion's Den, The Story of Creation, Noah's Ark. So they did a few uh, religious ones too, like Christian style. But uh, let me go through these. Let me go back up, see if I can click on any of these and just get into... Uh... I'm going to talk about some of the ones that I actually played now like i said before these are interactive storyboards and the whole premise of it is that you get to the main menu and usually the main characters they're like hi welcome to this book if you want the story read to you click on this button if you want to play inside the story click this button because you had both of those options you had the option to just go through the story and have the characters read the story to you 
But if you chose uh, play the story or play with me or whatever, whatever it said, it, you know, the characters read the paragraph that was on the page, the part of the story on the page, but then it gave you the freedom to click around. And some of them actually had uh, mini games too that you could find. Like some of them had, uh, I remember one, I think it was Cat in a Hat. Cat in a Hat had this thing where there was one of the pages had this ball that you could drag around the screen. You could actually, you know, click and drag it and like throw it across the screen and you could, uh, throw it into this garbage box it was actually it was actually really fun or at least it was to me as a kid i remember spending a lot of time on that so like the first interactive story that they made was just grandma and me based on the book by mercer mayor now i had a bunch of these mercer mayor books these little critter books there was just i don't know i just you know childhood me really liked them uh the next one little monster at school I think what that was about, I forgot who was the original author behind the actual story, but from what I remember, it was, it's basically you play as this little monster and it's a world of like other, you know, little monster children and you just, you know, do a day at school. You do different activities, this little monster, you know, having fun at school and then coming home. It's like I said, this is aimed at children like three to nine. So there wasn't, you know, there's not a big whole plot. It's just literally, you know, children's stories. Arthur's birthday. Arthur's birthday is one I remember more. I think the story of that, the actual story, was, uh, I guess Arthur was planning a birthday party because he was, I forgot how old he was turning, but I don't really think that matters. He was basically having a birthday, and another character, Muffy, has a birthday on the same day, and they plan their birthday parties at the same time. So the whole thing was, you know, who goes to whose birthday? Muffy was just like, oh, well, these people can come to my birthday, and then all those people can go to your birthday, and, you know, they can all fuck off and do whatever. <laughs> but it was it was very much a girls versus boys thing. But Arthur and uh, Francine actually hatch a plan to... They, Arthur basically hijacks Muffy's birthday, because he secretly sends Muffy a letter like, hey, I have a big present for you for your birthday. You should come over to my house and get it. And they just have a huge birthday party. And, of course, it being a children's story, Muffet's like, Oh, okay, this is a great birthday. Thank you, Arthur. But it's like, no, Arthur, you totally just hijacked somebody else's birthday for your own self-gain, you selfish dick. <laughs> but, no, I, I remember that. It was really fun. There was actually a real little secret in that one. I guess there was different things you did click on on each of the pages that led uh, DW to a... Uh, a mystery gift thing where if you find enough clues you participate in this mini game where you sort out presents to different characters based on like certain clues and it's just you know it's it's fun it's definitely like i said this is all for this is all aimed at kids so there's not i mean i actually had some i have major nostalgia actually thinking about it not that i would go back actually i would go back to them today any of these games to just kind of go over and you know, just replay them and just get that sense of nostalgia back, or at least watch a playthrough. Because there's there's actually people that will put up playthroughs on YouTube, like grown adults who are like, "Hey, remember this game? Well, here's the whole thing." Ooh, Harry in the haunted house. Now there was a really old episode of this podcast where I mentioned it. Um, I think I mentioned it in the "What Are You Afraid of?" episode that I did way back in the day, but. Harry in the Haunted House. Now, 
the story in this one is they're all anthropomorphic animal, animals, 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 but yeah, they're all anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic animals. There we go. <laughs> With somehow a, like a normal dog, but it's Harry who's a dog. Uh, and there was a skunk, a cat, and a rabbit. I forget their names. But one day, they're just, they're playing baseball, and Harry accidentally hits a ball into a house that is supposedly haunted. So the kids go into the house to get their ball back, but they're like, oh, it's haunted. Oh, this is scary. And the ultimate thing is that, you know, the only scary thing in the house was themselves because they were imagining all this stuff. And the reason I mentioned it in uh, What Are You Afraid Of, like my fears episode, is because as a kid, there was one page that used to creep me out like a lot. There was, it was the page where they were reading off, Harry, Harry was the narrator for this, and he was reading off like, oh, you know, they heard a creak in the floor and they were all imagining different things. Like one of them imagined a skeleton, one imagined a monster, and one imagined a zombie. Now, looking back at it, you know, they're not scary at all. It's very childish things. But me, as a kid, there was... If I could find the music, I'll put it in. But uh, Harry, when Harry imagined a zombie, it was like a zombie dog. But the music with it really tricked me out as a kid. Uh, I'll put it right here if I could find it. Here's the music that played while Harry imagined it. Actually, I'll put the whole clip of him saying the whole thing. I'll put it right here. It might be a zombie dragging one foot. Yeah, that was in a kid's game. And that, as a child, freaked me out. Like, I actually had to hide when the zombie popped up. You can look it up on YouTube. Just look up Harry's Haunted House and you just go through you'll see what i mean but just like looking at back looking back at it now none of the monsters were scary in the slightest they're very cartoony very childish but that music that creepy piano music just as a kid that got to me like it still kind of creeps me out like you put that in the right setting that would be equally as creepy today now because it has its own thing here i'm gonna cover sheila ray the brave Sheila Ray the Brave is a children's picture book written and illustrated by Kevin Henkes and published by HarperCollins and The Living Books Company. It is his seventh book in the second of the Mouse Book series, preceded by A Weekend with Wendell and followed by Chester's Way. Now, the plot of this day, or the plot of this story, I should say. Sheila Ray is a mouse who boastfully claims she is not afraid of anything. She recklessly shows off in front of her friends and classmates acts of bravery such as tying window with her stipping rope for snatching it. In addition, she teases her little sister Louise for being afraid of little things, but one day, when Sheila Ray wanders down a strange route on her way home from school, Louise gets the better of her and for the first time, Sheila Ray feels afraid, while Louise gains courage and helps Sheila Ray overcome her fear. So yeah, basically, just, you know, to dumb that down, Sheila Ray, this little mouse, she's like, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm Sheila Ray the Brave. There's actually some songs that if I find them, I'll put them in. But 
you know, see the right, she acts all tough until, you know, she takes a different way home. Cause she's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't take this different way home. I'm brave. And then she re- quickly realizes she's not as brave as she thought, which then encourages her little sister to, you know, gain some courage and actually be brave. So it kind of rolls reverse and it's actually a pretty sweet story. Um, I'll actually, I'll put some songs right here if I can find them. Alright, post episode Cameron here. I'm going to play you some of the songs from this game, but I'm going to do my best to fix the audio, so if it's a little great in the ears, I apologize, but do keep in mind, these are songs from a computer game from 1996, so I'll do my best to fix it, but here are the songs. Okay, you're by my side. 
Side. Honestly, great story. I recommend looking at looking up a playthrough on YouTube if you just want to get some nostalgia, or if you if you have kids, if you know little kids, it's a really great story for them. It the lesson it teaches is you know just be brave. You know anybody can be brave, and it's okay to feel scared sometimes. Uh, moving on with these stories, the next one I had was. Berenstain Bears in the Dark. Now, this one, it focuses on, you know, obviously, Berenstain Bears. And I think it's about the uh, the the sister bear. I think her name was literally just Sister Bear. Uh, being afraid of the dark and, you know, overcoming her fear of the dark. Because it's one of those children's things where she's like, Oh, there's nothing really scary about the dark. It's just my imagination. And there was actually a really fun uh, mini game that... You could do in that one, if I remember right, where you looked at, uh, I think there was a puzzle one, and also there was like this thing where you looked at the dark and you had to shine a flashlight on certain animals, depending on like a description or whatever. But yeah, ultimately, it's really fun for kids. Like, they really put a lot of effort into these living books, games, or interactive stories. They were, they were really good. I definitely, like I said, I keep saying... Uh, look up a playthrough on YouTube because there's there's they're all over the place. There's literally any of them you can look up. Uh, moving on with this list 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 list. Green eggs in hand. Now this is another Dr. Seuss one that they did, and they put a lot of effort into the Dr. Seuss ones. I think they got a lot of budget for the Dr. Seuss ones, but there's a lot more animation, a lot more stuff with it. But ultimately, yeah, it's just in an interactive you know, version of the story of Green Eggs and Ham. Now, this one I never had, but uh, a lot of people that I know remember this story as a kid, uh, Stella Luna. I think, I don't I don't remember the story exactly, but I know it's about a bat. It's about a bat named, named Stella Luna, I believe. Uh, actually, oh, I can go into it. Stella Luna is a 1993 children's book by Janelle Cannon about a young fruit bat, Stella Luna, who becomes separated from her mother and finds her way to a nest of birds. She is adopted by them and learns bird-like behavior. Eventually, Stella Luna finds other bats and reunites with her mother, and she learns how to behave like a bat. She introduces the birds to her bat family. Stella Luna and the birds decide that, despite their many differences, they are still friends. I th oh, I remember I had this book as a kid. It's actually a really cute story. I definitely recommend it to any, if you know any kids. It's it's a really nice children's story. Uh, next one I remember having was another Dr. Seuss one, Cat in the Hat. Again, it's just an interactive way to play through Cat in the Hat. And it's actually, there is, um, um, if you guys remember Cat in the Hat at all, there's the part in the story where he's balancing on a beach ball and he's like, oh, I can balance this and this and this. And that part of the interactive story is actually a mini game where you can set different things. Everything kind of, well, he stacks up everything and then everything falls to the floor while he's still balancing. And the Cat in the Hat is like, oh no, all the stuff fell. You have to help me balance all these so you can stack up different stuff on like... His, both his hands, his tail, his hat, and once, you know, I think you can throw him off balance to just progress the story, but there was actually, I, I think there was an, I, God, there was another mini game in this, and I can't remember what it was, but it was, again, it was a fun way to play through Kent in the Hat. 
I think the only other thing I have to say about these, uh, these the Living Butch games was that uh, they were really well received as a learning tool for kids, you know, to learn to read. And they basically made reading fun. It was, just, yeah, just a way to make reading really fun for kids, you know, three to nine. I mean, even as a, I remember 10, 12 years old, I still had fun with these because I didn't, did I, I don't remember if I still had my old computer at that time. I had the old block, you know, the block computer, Windows 95, 98. It was, I, I think I had it when I, until I was 10, but I might not have. I don't remember that far back, but I still remember at like 10, 11 years old, still having some fun with it. And I actually looked up a couple of playthroughs of some of these on YouTube just to prepare myself for this episode. I got hit with so much nostalgia, I practically fell out of my chair <laughs> because it was just it was just a wave of like, oh, I remember this. Oh, I remember this from my childhood. But they're seriously look up playthroughs of this, you know, show them to your kids. I'm pretty sure they have them available somewhere. Actually, let me look it up because it said iOS and Android, but it did also say like 2014. So some of these might not be available anymore. Let's see. Wonderful Interactive. Wonderful. Wonderful Storybooks. Ooh. Okay. Wonderful Storybooks. It's here on the here on the iOS, the Apple App Store. Let's see. Originally published as Living Books, blah 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 blah. In this you can get Little Monster at School, Arthur's Teacher Trouble, Arthur's Birthday, Bernstein Bears Get in the Fight, Harry in the Haunted House, Tortoise and the Hare, and Ruff's Bone. Is this is this the actual stories? Ooh, and it's free to download, so uh, give me a second here. I'm going to go through this real quick and see if I recommend it to you guys. It's for <laughs> ages 4+. plus. So let me see if these are just demos or this is actually like a full thing. Hi, I'm your host, Simon. Welcome to the wonderful sampler. Click on the arrows to select a sample of one of our great stories. And then click OK. OK? OK. Oh, samplers. OK, so it looks like it's not... It looks like it's not uh, full stories. It's just like little bits of it. So like, hey, if you like these, you know, you can purchase the full thing. OK, can we silence this quick? But yeah, it looks like it's samplers. I think you can buy the whole thing. Let me go back to the app store, see if you can uh, buy the whole thing. Strolling, scrolling. Yeah, a lot of these you can buy on their own, it looks like. Wonderful Ink, because this, yeah, there were the samplers uh, apps. You can get, oh, New Kid on the Block. I had that one. Uh, Ruff's Bone, Bernstein Bears in the Dark, Arthur's Birthday, Harry in the Haunted House. There's UK versions. Little Monster at School, Arthur's Birthday. There's normal versions of those. There's like a UK version of these stories and then the normal, like, American version. And you can, yeah, you can download these as, like, individual stories on the App Store. They're only, like, five bucks. It's, yeah, they're still around. You can still play these. You know, if you want to experience it for free, you can look it up on YouTube. Otherwise, yeah, on the App Store, just look up wonderful w-a-n-d-e-r-f-u-l comma i-n-c 
And literally in apps, they have a bunch of these stories. They have Tortoise and the Hare, Little Monster at School, Arthur's Teacher Trouble, Harry in the Haunted House, and Berenstain Bears in the Fight. Uh, do they have? Oh, they only have uh, In the Dark as the UK version. They have Rough Bone and New Kid on the Block. Yeah, they're on the App Store as like individual stories, and they're all five bucks each. So, if you feel like downloading them for your kid or yourself, I'm not gonna judge you. Just you know, go in the App Store and download them, and just have a grand old, grand old time. But with that being said, I think that's all I gotta say on living books. Uh, if you guys remember any of these books, just let me know on social medias. Link tree is in the description. Also in the description, there's a link to help support this podcast. Also in the link in the description, as I mentioned at the top of this episode before everything started, there's a link to, you know, do all the stuff to help, you know, fix this country and, you know, with the whole, you know, abortion thing, the Roe v. Wade thing, Supreme Court, do whatever you can to help. But with all that being said, I'm going to call this an episode. Hope you guys are drinking plenty of water out there. Seriously, stay hydrated. It's starting to get hot. If you celebrate 4th of July, if you're celebrating still, happy 4th of July. I honestly, me and my friends are going to do our annual Fuck America party, but that's neither here or there. If you guys celebrate it still, you know, happy 4th of July by the time this comes out. But with that being said, I've been Cameron, and as always, I will see you guys in the next episode. No, 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 no,